George W. Bush was a Navy pilot in World War II, uh, pardon me, not in World War, in the Gulf Wars. He was a Navy pilot in that they had a saying because their navigational instruments were not as sophisticated as they are today, they always loved to hear it. The pilots loved to hear clear and limited vision. Unlimited, pardon me, clear and unlimited vision. This really struck to me because of Jesus Christ. It's clear in heaven. Unlimited vision. He even had that in his office, on a plaque. And that was the family's code word. And those that were really close to him, that was the words they used as they picked up the phone and called one another. Clear and unlimited vision. He is up there with Barbara, and they lost a young child. All three of them are in heaven, and they had no doubt about it. That is what's so beautiful. So many times I kind of flinch when Christians, and I know they are Christians, Christians tell me they hope they get to heaven. Well, that decision has already been made. You don't get to make it. I don't get to make it. Our Lord and Savior has already made that decision. And He has told us, if we will declare Him as our Lord and Savior and profess His name to others, repent of our sins, there will be salvation for each and every one of you. So when we mention someone that has passed away, we put it under the concern, and the concern is not for the individual that knows Jesus Christ. The concern is for the family. For no matter how much you love Jesus Christ, you still hurt. I had no doubt when mom and dad were going. No doubt in my mind. But it hurt. This last week, I lost my very best buddy from high school. Let's see, I came in here in 1906. That must have been around 1900, I guess, when we started out as friends. And we've remained friends through all these years. I'm sure you've had friends, and I've had friends, that they were friends and close friends for a limited period of time. Then something's said, something's done, and that friendship no longer exists. But with David Syme, he always was my friend. Always. David Syme loved our Lord and our Savior. He knew where his strength came from, as did my mom and dad. So my, my concern is not David. My grief, my pain is not for David. For I know where he is. Without a doubt, and I'll see him again. And we'll still have those times of laughter and joy and kidding each other. For I have that comfort of knowing that every word that is in here is true. And once you believe that, 
there is such a peace that comes into your life. Such a peace. This morning we lit the candle of hope. We live with hope. All of us live with hope. I can remember back in my childhood days when I, I was hoping I would get a bicycle for Christmas. Well, the first year I was hoping for that, I got a two-wheel vehicle, but it was a scooter. I couldn't pedal it. I had to run along next to it. So I was happy to have a scooter, but I was disappointed I didn't have a bicycle. So I'd start hoping again for a bicycle. And my brother was hoping I'd get a bicycle because my older brother would have to pump, some of you understand what that word means, pump me around wherever I went. And one time, I got my foot caught between the spokes and the rod that goes down, and it built the rod. So that meant he was never able to ride that bicycle again without any hands. And every time he tried, he was mad at me again just as if I'd stuck my foot in, that, in those spokes on purpose. But it was so important that I'd get a bicycle. And how about when you have a puppy and you're hoping you'll get a puppy? Rebecca says she's sorry she has one now. They can be a challenge. Harold's gone, she's got that, and she doesn't enjoy being mother and father to that puppy. But there are things in our life that started way back there. I remember hoping I would make the football teams. I would talk to young ladies in my age group. They were hoping they would be the cheerleaders. I knew individuals that were running for class office and hoping they would get that. Some people had really lofty ideas, hoping their scores were so high they'd get special scholarships. Our life has been full of hope. Where would you be? Where would I be without hope? As I mentioned earlier, and by the way, April, I've never said this before in a baptism, that when John the Baptist was baptizing, he was telling people to repent of their sins. Repent of your sins. Be baptized. But then Jesus Christ came along and He says, yes, repent of your sins and know that you are forgiven. Know that these sins are forgiven through my blood. It's, it's a whole different concept now that Jesus Christ is born. A whole new concept. Wait a minute, I don't have to hope that I'm going to get in heaven? You mean I'm not going to have to have a checklist for each thing I did right and then have another column for everything I did wrong? And the one on the wrong side, when I'm being honest, is twice as long as those that I did on the good side? And I don't have to just, just fear in those last moments eternal hell. Because I know I can never be good enough to earn my way to heaven. But because of Jesus Christ, then there is that salvation. I want to share with you a, a story, and it's not a parable, 
And you've heard it before, but it never hurts us to go back there again. Jesus had been preaching. And he asked his disciples to put out the boat because he wanted to go to the other side of Galilee. And when I was there, then I was told that the storms could come up immediately on that, uh, the Sea of Galilee un- unexpectedly. And so it was treacherous and it is treacherous. And Jesus says, let us go over to the other side. And he lies down in the bow of the boat and he puts a pillow under his head and he is exhausted and he is tired to the point that he goes to sleep immediately. He has had all of the demands. We've told about the hundreds of people that he would heal and he would preach to them and there is no wonder he was exhausted. And so he said, let's go to the other side and then the storm comes up. On the Mark, the, Mark 4, 37, a furious quail came up and waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Let's stop right there. Haven't you been in that same situation where you'd say, Teacher, Jesus, don't you care if I drown? When I was in Lubbock, I was visiting with a young man that has strong faith. But he has been praying and praying and praying. And I don't know if you've ever been in that condition, but I have. Our time is not always his time. And what we're praying for sometimes is not the best thing for us. So his will and his timing is perfect. But this young man that has no doubt there is a Jesus Christ the last time I told him, and now he's saying, I don't know. I don't know. Is there really a Jesus Christ? Is there really a God and a Savior? Because he is worn out. He he keeps having the same frustrations over and over and over again. And you and I know we are above the microwave Era. This morning I put bacon in the microwave and I'm waiting three minutes wondering why it wasn't done in a minute and a half. We want it now. Jesus Christ is asleep. But don't think for a moment that He's asleep when you're praying. Not even for a moment. Don't think for a moment He doesn't hear your prayers. He doesn't hear your concerns. But also remember, when you go through those challenging times and come out on the other side of it, you're going to be a stronger Christian than you were when you went into that storm. You weathered the storm. You're stronger. You have faith. You know it, just like this young man. But sometimes we're weak. Sometimes we're tired because we don't get enough rest. Sometimes we're messing with a puppy. And it keeps us awake. And so the next day, we're not up and going like we normally would. So know that He hears you and do not quit praying. He taught a parable of a lady that went to a judge over and over again. I'm paraphrasing this. And, put, and going back over and over again and, finally the, and asking for justice. And finally the judge 
I have got to listen to this woman. She is going to kill me with all of these prayer or these requests for justice. She had an issue with somebody else. She was not getting a hearing. And she wore him out. The moral is, and the judge did hear it eventually, the moral is don't give up. What you're asking for, what you're concerning, it might be the well-being of somebody you know and worship and someone you know and love. But he hears it. He hears it. Just like my family, your family, believes in Jesus Christ, so you're praying. Many prayers are going out for individuals in the family. When my daughter's having an issue, then she's got the prayers of the rest of the family. When Wayne has issues, the rest of the family, they're praying. When I'm in the hospital in Lubbock, Texas, they're praying, and those prayers are powerful. So we pray because we believe. Because we believe. And there is strength. So much strength in that. Some of you may have received this text from me. But when I see these miracles and I do, people get in touch with me about a healing and something. And I'll text back. We worship an awesome God. And I'm standing here as an example of worshiping an awesome God. The disciples woke him and said to him, Preacher, don't you, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. You too may have Jesus Christ speaking out in your behalf and telling the winds to stop, to be calm. And your life, you can breathe again. There's not that anxiety each and every day. When you get up in the morning, instead of being worn out because you've stayed up most of the night in concern and fear, now you get a good night's rest and you thank you, Jesus. Because Jesus has quieten the storm and the waters are calm he said to his disciples why are you so afraid <laughs> do you still have no faith look at all the disciples had seen all of the healings and I for one when I read that I'm saying amen Jesus get on them you know, what is it with these guys? They're in a slow class of education? They're in a remedial class? What's with them? They don't understand this. They have seen miracles like I have never seen, and they still don't understand. But there have been those times in my life too. Just as it's been with that young man I talked to this last week. And when I see somebody in the hospital that's been there for a long time, their strength is gone. And they may ask the same question, where are you, Jesus? Have no doubt. When you call out to our Lord and our Savior, He is there. Always there. Not sometimes, but always. 
just like in your prayers, before they even are coming to a conscious level, He already knows. He already knows what you're praying for today and tomorrow and the next day. He already knows. And the individuals that say they don't come to church because they have such guilt, He already knows. And this is where we all should be before we all have guilt. And we all should be praying to Him and with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, for that healing of my spirit. Thank you, Lord, I was about to drown and now I have salvation and I am ready. Ready to proclaim your name as my Lord and as my Savior. This is the last quote in Matthew. And the last time the disciples, according to the book of Matthews, in which the disciples were with Jesus. The 16th verse, and I'll read through the uh, 20th verse. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they, this is after the resurrection. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him. But some doubted. Understand that they've already seen Him behind locked doors. They've already seen Him heal individuals. But still, but still they doubt. Still they doubt. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Carry the word of Jesus Christ. And though there are those literally that are taking it to some of the most difficult places in the world, denying any kind of fear they may have because the word of sharing, the joy of sharing the word of Jesus Christ is so much greater than they fear. But listen to the very last sentence. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the ages. Amen. He's not with us here or there. He's not uh, leaving us during the dark times, even though we don't know the presence. He is not in there. He has not left us in our time of grief. He is there. As I drove from here to Lubbock for that funeral, He was with me, returning so I could be at a wedding, wedding rehearsal. He was with me, for He says He'll be with us always. Always. So your hope is valid. You may be hoping you'll get a bicycle. You may be hoping you'll get a raise. You may be hoping you'll get a job. You may be hoping that there is peace between you and your siblings. You may be hoping that 
you will have the finances, the means in which to provide a, a, a very memorable Christmas for your children. You may be hoping, but when you go to Jesus Christ, understand, it's not just you, for He is with you always. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence, your presence today, your presence each and every moment. So many times when we do not feel your presence, it's not because you've turned your back on us, it's because we've turned our back on you. Let us turn around, seek you, and we will find you. Amen.